0: Email customer care at loranoils.com for a list of distributors and retailers near you and tell them Marge sent you. In this episode, we're looking at infused keto coleslaw. Welcome to Bite Me, the show about edibles, where I help you take control of your high life. I am your host, Marge, and I'm thankful that you're here listening along and hopefully trying out the recipe at some point on your end. I thought the ketogenic coleslaw was appropriate because for a few reasons. One, we're getting into the last days of summer, and there is nothing nicer than a really tasty coleslaw to go alongside with your barbecue. And I don't know about you, but I am a fair-weather barbecuer. I don't open up the grill too often in the wintertime. In fact, I don't know if I ever have. I just, it's too cold. No one wants to have to brush snow off the barbecue before they have to use it. So I tend to stick to using it in the summertime, but we still have some summertime left. By the time this episode comes out, there will be some summertime left. So don't despair. Try this coleslaw recipe alongside your your next barbecue and I bet you'll really love it. Now, before I get into the recipe itself today, I just want to apologize in advance because I don't know if you can hear it, but my allergies are even worse than last week. I don't know what's going on. That ragweed seems to be getting worse, not better. I'm seeing it everywhere still, and this is how I'm sounding despite taking a reaction this morning. So I'm not really sure if there's something else going on in the air that's making my allergies even worse, but here we are. So for you fellow sufferers out there, I feel for you. It's just this congestion is not ideal, especially when I'm trying to work on my palate skills for the cannabis, Gangier Cannabis Sommelier program that I'm enrolled in. So it's not always ideal, but it won't last forever. Now, the other thing I want to mention is this recipe is brought to you by Ardent. And I got the recipe from the Ardent website because I'm doing a series right now on the Ardent. I have one of those devices, the decarboxylator and the infusion Portion as well because you can do one or the other, and I do really enjoy using it. The decarboxylator is brilliant, but I'm doing this series because I'm hoping to get the uh, founder of the company and creator of the device on the show, and this is something I've been working on for quite some time. So I'm really excited about that, and I have a bunch of questions that I want to ask her. She has a really interesting story, and this young woman works incredibly hard and has earned every bit of the success that she's enjoying right now, but. I would hope, I would love to get some of your questions if you have anything. And they don't necessarily have to be specific to the device itself. I do have one great question already. Barry from the UK was asking if you can, in fact, decarb fresh cannabis in the device, like he has read on the website. And I wasn't even aware that you could do this, but considering that many of you might be ready to harvest some of your plants. Uh, coming up soon, then this is a pretty relevant question and something I'd be curious to learn as well. Now that would be something you would be doing inside the the Ardent device, but there's plenty of other questions. She is well-versed on all things edibles because she's been an edibles user for quite some time. And how could you not be? And then obviously somebody who is inventing a device for decarbing and for making edibles is into them. So I think she's someone who's right up her alley. So if you have questions, send them along. I'd be happy to ask her what you're thinking and what you're curious about. Now, finally, I just wanted to mention that, uh, and I picked up a couple of interesting cook- cookbooks recently. I really do have a thing for cookbooks and I, I, over over time I will sometimes shed some of the ones that I'm not using too often. I've done that a few times over the years. But I do like to pick some up sometimes when I'm out thrifting as well, which I tend to do because my husband loves to look for old books. And one of my daughters has an Etsy shop where she sells vintage clothing. And so I find myself out thrifting sometimes, but because it's also really sustainable way to keep yourself clothed sustainable and cost effective and i've gotten some really amazing stuff when i've been out thrifting but my latest haul included a couple of great cookbooks and it's pretty interesting because the one looks definitely quite vintage i'm going to see if i can find it was printed first edition Ooh, this is a first edition imagine that For those book lovers out there, first editions are usually what's worth all the money. Unfortunately, I'm not sure fat back molasses might fetch me too much on eBay, but it's a collection of favorite old recipes from Newfoundland and Labrador. And originally written in July of 1974, there were only 25,000 copies made, and I've got my hands on one of them. It's actually a pretty interesting little book because there are some recipes in here that... I've never seen one where let's see if I can find it here. I should have marked it off first, but they have all your classic um, treats. There's actually quite a few here for ice cream, caramel sauce, ice cream delights, pumpkin marmalade, peach squares, but these are all traditional Newfoundland Labrador recipes. So I thought it'd be pretty interesting to pick up, but there was definitely some head scratchers in here. I mean, you have your classic Christmas cake. There's some really interesting drawings in here. Pineapple upside down cake. I feel like this book is old enough too. you might find like a tomato aspic in it or something. I don't know if that's what people were doing uh, back then, but here's the one here. I found it. The one recipe that really stood out to me, which I I don't think I'm going to cover for this particular show, even though I'm sure you could infuse it just like you can fuse just about anything else. But the recipe is tomato soup cake. That's right. Tomato soup cake. I'm not, I'm not really sure uh, how that would taste. Uh, It doesn't sound good. I, (laughs) I don't know. Maybe somebody out there has tried something like this. This came from the United Church Women Fogo Island And this recipe includes butter, baking soda, cinnamon, brown sugar, flour, cloves, raisins, tomato soup, baking powder, and half cup of peel, which it doesn't really specify peel of what. So I don't know the tomato peel. I mean, that seems odd, but maybe you would just have to leave that out. Interesting recipes nonetheless. I will definitely be trying trying out some of these because they do some of them look really nice. Fidgety Duff with Molasses Cody. Lassie Cody Dumplings. I'm not even really sure I know what half this stuff is, but it's interesting when you look at how people cooked, you know, God, like 40 years ago versus now. So that's one of the little finds that I picked up, and I also happened to pick up the Maple Syrup Cookbooks. Over 100 recipes for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Who knew you could use maple syrup at dinner? But, of course, sometimes if you're doing breakfast for dinner, why not? But... Obviously, a lot of these particular recipes are on the more sweet side, but they do have things like flaky butter crust, which would use, I suppose, maple syrup as a po- instead of... Actually, what's going on here? This recipe calls for no maple syrup. How did that make it into the book? I might have to actually read through it to find out. But a lot of sweets. But as someone who is a huge fan of of maple syrup, I'm definitely going to have to try some of these. There is a maple beef teriyaki, which sounds good, four bean bake with hamburger, sweet and sour chicken cashew salad, chicken with maple mustard glaze. Some of these sound really good. So I'm going to be trying some of these ones out too, and you never know which ones might end up on this show. Jeff, death by chocolate waffles, that could be pretty tasty. In any event, I love cookbooks. I don't know if you do. If you have any cookbook recommendations, I would always love to hear them. And have you ever found any vintage cookbooks that you find really interesting to flip through? I uh, I do like to look in the old cookbook section when I'm in those secondhand bookstores, but a lot of them tend to be ones I would be not interested in. Like you'll find ones put out by Heinz and they've done a whole cookbook on cooking with ketchup. And I just uh, will leave that one on the shelf, but it's always interesting to see what was popular, you know, 30, 40 years ago, maybe the old microwave cookbooks, which I've seen a lot in secondhand stores as well. That uh, obviously people really love to cook in their microwaves. I guess it was a pretty newfangled thing. I remember my parents having cooked microwave cookbooks. I might've had some like way back when, you know, 20 years ago, but uh, considering I don't even own a microwave anymore, so it seems like it's kind of pointless to pick up one of those, but cooking in my microwave is not really something I tend to do very often or ever, obviously. So anyway, I've rambled on enough. That's just going on. what's going on over on this, my end of the microphone. And without further ado, let's get into this recipe. The infused, ardent-inspired ketogenic coleslaw. Now, I really liked this recipe because I think having a solid coleslaw in your repertoire is always a good idea because it's a pretty great way to whip up a tasty side salad that's going to be hearty because the cabbage makes it pretty hearty. And with the mayonnaise, it's going to be very a very satisfying side dish. So you, the recipe calls for two cups of a Savoy cabbage and red cabbage. I think when I did it, I'd gotten a head of cabbage from the market and I just used all the one kind of cabbage. But obviously if you have red, it's nice to add in because it does add a lot of nice, it does add nice color to it. Uh, carrot sticks, a scallion or some kind of uh, small delicate onion. It calls for mayonnaise, sour cream, lemon, apple cider vinegar, garlic powder, can of salt, black pepper, and ground decarbed bud to taste and dose. So that was different about this particular recipe. So you can prepare decarb and prepare your cannabis any way you wish, whether you're doing it in the oven, whether you're using an ardent, um, you're going to be able to do this recipe. But if you don't have the can of salt on hand, I wouldn't stress out too much. There's different, you can do the way, like you can eliminate the can of salt altogether and just use regular salt and then do the ground decarbed bud um, to taste as it suggests. You can also use some, if you happen to have infused mayonnaise on hand, I do have that on hand from time to time and that you can uh, use to infuse as well. So there's a couple different ways that you could infuse this recipe. You could also use some of those ripple powders or, or infused powders that will allow you to just sprinkle it on your finished dish. And that's another way to infuse it. But but essentially what you're going to do is you're going to chop the vegetables up uh, in a coleslaw type fashion. So your cabbage, your carrots, and your onion you're going to put that in a bowl and then you're going to take all your wet ingredients and your spices and mix that in a separate bowl. Mix it really well so it's well incorporated and all the herbs are or all the spices are incorporated well. And then you're going to pour it over your vegetables and toss it and then top with your ground decarbed cannabis or hemp material as needed and enjoy. So I thought that was pretty interesting because it's, in this particular case, they're not even using an infusion; they're just taking the taking the decarbed cannabis and putting it right on top. And I guess there there is really no reason why you can't do that because a lot of the times, inf- putting it into an infusion is just an easy way so that you can like use that infusion in a whole bunch of different recipes. So recipes that call for a fat, you can just swap out for that infusion, but you're kind of eliminating that step. Like I said, if you want to include the can of salt, it's certainly possible. And if you want to do a an infused mayonnaise in it or a a ratio of infused to non to regular mayonnaise, you can do that as well. But it might be interesting for you to try it this way because it really there it's just a simple way to do it. So I think that's uh, worth giving a shot. And I really enjoyed this particular recipe. It was tasty. And it's one of those ones where you can kind of leave it in your fridge for, uh, you know, a couple of days. It holds up well. And I personally love being able to enjoy leftovers the following day. So that's about it for this particular recipe. I had a feeling this recipe or this week might be a little bit of a shorter episode just because my nose is so stuffed up, stuffed up and I have some other recording to do, but Uh, I hope that, uh, you give this one a try. And again, I'm going to put everything in the show notes. I'll put the recipe in here as well and link to the Ardent website. You can, you can find the recipe on the Ardent website pretty easily, but I'm going to, um, create a a recipe page for this one as well. So you can easily do that. So I do believe that's it for this week my friends. I hope you give this one a try. If you have any burning questions that you think you might want to know from Chanel about the ardent or about making edibles or the being in the industry, then please let me know at my podcast at fastmail.com or leave me a voice message. Again, that information is in the show notes as well. And trying to think, is there anything else that I'm missing? I don't think so. But I appreciate all of you. And I am thankful that you're listening. I hope you have a wonderful week, my friends. And as always, stay high. I am your gracious host. Oh. <laughs> okay, never mind. In this episode of but no, I ah, know. I don't like this at all.